Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast live, 9 o'clock in the Central Time Zone, God's favorite time zone. I'm your host, Greg Mahashko, and joining me this week, you know, look, it's it's a familiar face, just just not uh, grizzled and gray. No John Dam Johnston tonight, no Tweety, who's working, and uh, we were joined by Coronation uh, columnist, contributor, writer extraordinaire, Nate McHugh. Nate, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. I My wife decided to get rid of all of our chairs today. We're, we're having uh, a... No, we are not. Our neighbors having... Well, our town is having a garage sale. And our neighbor was very nice to take all of our chairs. So now I am sitting in here with a, in a folding chair at our kitchen table. So Nice. Yes. Nice. I am... Uh... I'm sitting in a chair that's older than me. It's a uh, kitchen table chair. Uh, the kitchen table that's that way. Uh, it was my parents. And for whatever reason, however many years back when I uh, moved out and they were upgrading their tables, said, here's a table and the chairs that go with it. And my wife hates it. <laughs> so this will, uh, this, table chair set will not be joining us uh when we relocate i'd be surprised if it lasts that long honestly well as long as he's got out of it what you could right i tell you what for a free uh dining table or you know kitchen table and chair set we we've got our, our money's worth so um no i'm excited i'm excited to uh sit down with you good to see your smile and shiny happy face uh and uh the only thing I don't know, because this is the first time I'm using this particular uh, software or streaming service, StreamYard here, is I don't know if anybody's out there. And I say that because we're live. We do have some viewers, but usually we have some comments. Somebody chimes in and says, hey, you know, hi, guys, or, you know, something like that. So if you're there, let us know. Um, but we have topic. We have a big topic tonight because it's the off season. But before we get to that big topic, Mike, no, you're not Mike. You're Nate. Mike's uh, there. on my other podcast. Hey, James, how we doing? Uh, let's see here. Uh, James Boardman says, chair talk with Greg and Nate. It's not going to – the chair talk, I think, is over. Uh, Fred, who's a regular – actually, James is a regular, too. Uh, I'm later than one of our former uh, head coach uh, head coaches, Trists. Who's Nate? Nate is, if you don't know, Nate's been with Coronation probably almost as long as I have. Um, 
but he he writes football. He used to uh, write for basketball quite a bit, but you have more kids than I do, and and you do a lot of coaching as well. So, um, you're you're very big in your community. We'll just put it that way. Well, I try to be. Um, not everyone appreciates it, but that's kind of the whole idea, right? If you're if you do any coaching, some people are gonna like you, some won't. So, you know, it, as far as James goes, I mean, if we want to keep talking about chairs, I mean, I can, we can keep going, but probably not. No, uh, unless you know how to refinish, reupholster, like vintage chairs, which I don't. I'd watch a show about it, but I don't want to be on that show. <laughs> uh, no, so, and, and Matt, we see your comment. We're going to definitely address uh, future schedules. Um, have you, Wade, with, with, did, so I guess it's best two out of three, right? The Women's College World Series? Yeah, I think Oklahoma won last night, and then they obviously won tonight, looks like. Yeah, Wade, Wade says uh, Oklahoma women just won. So is it bad that I was kind of rooting for Florida State? I don't know. I, I, I don't think either is a, a win, but what I kind of like, well, I actually watched some of it last night. Mm-hmm. And Same. I guess Oklahoma, when they win, and I didn't watch it to the end, but I guess when they win, they're very, uh, let's say, outgoing in their celebrations. They gotcha. To, to a, an extent, I guess it upsets a lot of the other, uh, they said, players, like a uh, coaches and administrators and athletic directors. And I'm like, oh, I actually want to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 they're probably having fun. I don't know. I'm also not invested in it like Florida State. So that's easy for me not to care, right? So Wade says that the uh, uh, pitcher, I'm, I'm assuming from Oklahoma, is uh, from Papillion, Nebraska. So uh, I guess congratulations to her and the rest of the Sooner Ets. Um, Terrell Farley's Taint says, you know, the only sport more boring than baseball, it's curling. We all know it's curling. All right. Um, oh, he said soccer. I thought he, I really thought he was going softball, but he said soccer. <laughs> um, excellent, excellent. So there was a, a comment up, and, and I do have it marked uh, to bring up, but I don't know if you saw this today, Nate. We got some information on uh what the big 10 is going to look like in 2024 and in 2025 after the additions of um uh, usc and ucla i'm sure you saw that you had to right yeah i uh, saw a few things about it i and i'm probably the wrong person to have on here when it comes to schedule releases because i really could not care less about what it's going to look like in 2024 and 2025. I mean, it's interesting, kind of. But, like, my mind is just like, okay, we play Minnesota first, right? Yep. Like, that's like, and I know it's the off season, so we'll talk about whatever, but my focus is on Minnesota. So, uh, it's hard for me to get too pumped about it because, you know, it's, it is what it is, what it is, and it's like, that 2025 schedule where we play Ohio State, Michigan, USC, and UCLA, that's like, you know, two years down the road. Sure. It's like hard for me to really, like, get too up in arms about that. And, you know, I guess if Matt Rule has a track record, it's that third year. It's really a really strong year, and he's going to have 
quite the opportunity to put up some quality wins and you might have the toughest schedule in the country. Yeah, taking a quick look, I mean, that far down the road, 2025, uh, Nebraska is going to play at Maryland, at Minnesota, at Ohio State, at USC, home games against Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, UCLA. Uh, that, that's going to be a lot of competitive football. As far as 2024, um, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, UCLA, all, all on the road, and then four home games. Uh, that year in the conference, Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. So the, I guess, protected um, rivalry games that Nebraska is going to have are going to be Iowa, Minnesota, and UCLA. Now, I want to, I would really interested in your thoughts on that selection. I, I believe uh, Trev Albert said that he, you know, when, when, you could write down, write down your top three choices, and we'll see what we can do. He yeah. said Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, first of all, like like it, the it ink's been, you know been put on paper. It's too late, but I'm just still really against UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. I don't think it makes sense geographically. I don't think it makes sense for classic football, you know, rivalry. I, I just don't think it makes sense. But all that being said. When you have Iowa, you get two out of three, right? That's what Meatloaf used to sing. Two out of three ain't bad, or isn't two out of three? Yeah, it is ain't bad. Um, so you get Minnesota, Iowa, and then UCLA. It they really must have just drawn that one out of a hat. It doesn't make any sense to me. We have a little bit of of you know recent you know home and homes with them, but other than that, it's just I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's going to, but you know. When you add USC and UCLA, it's just for money. You know, you're getting the LA market. Uh, you know, as far as expansion goes, I'm interested to see if we kept if we keep adding teams from the West. Um, but Iowa has three protected. Okay, you could look at it however you want. Iowa has three protected rivals, like, and I think they're permanent because I think there's what there's. Each team has a pr- three protected rivals, but then there's so many that have uh, like permanent protected rivals. Is that what I saw today? That um, where Iowa has three and Nebraska's only per- like permanent is Iowa. So we only have one. I know I saw that somewhere. I, yeah, I was I was seeing you know in the in the comments and, and elsewhere, but I just don't know how to interpret all the data. You know, um, so bad on me. Um, well, you know, it's for as, as far as my view, as long as we play Iowa every year, I'm, I'm okay. I can deal with that. It's I, there's this, how Iowa reminds me a lot of Colorado when we were in the big 12 and how much I just hated them, how every time they played, I wanted them to lose, you know, I only had that with Colorado and now, and now I have that with Iowa. So uh, I'm glad we, we get to play them every year. Minnesota, some people say that, that that was a budding rivalry. I don't really think it is. They kind of just beat our asses every year, it feels like. And we got this. Oh, we got that trophy, the the $5 bits chair, whatever. That the $5 trophy. bits of broken chair trophy. Okay. And so, for yeah, for charity. And so is that, I mean, I'm not really sure that it's, anywhere close to a rivalry, but some people disagree, obviously. So 
Uh, Wisconsin, that's kind of a, I almost respect them a little bit more. I don't know. And so I just don't have to hate. To me, Robert, you know, there's like, it's, I didn't never hated Oklahoma, you know, but I hated Colorado. And mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, and that's what I enjoy. And so I'm, that's why I'm glad we play Iowa every year. Do you think, while we're drawing that, that comparison or that analogy, um, you know, Iowa's the new Colorado for you. Would you say that Wisconsin's maybe the new Oklahoma from that respect? Well, now obviously we're not two programs yeah. that are battling for national championships yeah. every year that are like, you know, in the top five all the time. But uh, I mean, a lot of what they did up until, you know, conceivably this 2023 season was really modeled after Nebraska, like after Nebraska in the heyday. So, so there was a little bit of, you know, respect or maybe, you know, uh, polite admiration from the, from the, from the standpoint of, yeah, they're, they're doing it the way we used to do it. You know, uh, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. It's hard to, you know, I respect Wisconsin, but the respect for Oklahoma is a, I don't know, it almost felt like you're, you're, uh, I don't know, twin brother. I don't know. It's been, you know, I, I don't know. It's like there's just a lot more with Oklahoma that you feel that there's a connection there. I don't really have that with Wisconsin. But what I'm interested in, mean, I guess with not too much of a tangent, but they're moving up. They're like, they're going away from what's been working right. at Wisconsin to an air raid. And so it's like an air raid, but I can't believe that. So I'm very interested to see, you know, if, that is successful there because Raska went to the West Coast offense, went away from what it, what what was working, and you know, twenty two years later, here we are, you know. So, um, um, Fred says we haven't been good enough to have any other rivals other than Iowa with the border war. Uh, Fred would pick Wisconsin as a second just because they ran it up on us and they play our version of football in some aspects. And then Matt Hansen says, polite admiration for Wisconsin. Nope. I That's not the best wording. And I fully got that. I just didn't know how else to express it. Um, you, know, you know, yeah. They're not they're not a-holes like Colorado. You know, they're not, you know, throwing. Well, well my understanding is the fans there are terrible. Like, no. My understanding that someone in the comments can correct me, but when I went to um, the Colorado game, oh, what year was that? I, but I've never been sworn at so much in my life. And it was like one of the last years in the Big 12. Wow. Uh, like just walking down the tunnel, like, you know, F you, Herbie, and all this stuff. I'm like, geez, you know, and, uh, so I don't know, maybe Wisconsin's like that too, but that's what I've heard. I bought, I have never had that, you know, experience. Maybe if I went to a Wisconsin game and they they did treat me like that, then maybe my, you know, I bump them up a little bit. Um, okay. I, I got I got a couple back to back comments here. I got a highlight here. Um, when talking about the protected uh, rivals, James Boardman says that Penn State has uh, zero protected, and then. Because it's Fred, and if if you were on the show more more frequently, Nate, you'd know all about Fred. But Fred says Penn State protected zero kids during Sandusky's era. So, uh, well played, uh, Fred. Uh, again, we we are 
ever appreciative of of the regular the chatterfields as we call them here in the uh, in the comments in the chat so um as we look at more of uh you know the this uh, conference realignment um let's see wade far says don't like minnesota because of rowboat man um but the thing the thing is about rowboat man is he they, he wins Right, and he plays football how we would, you know, his team plays football how we would love Nebraska to play, just like huge offensive linemen run the ball, you know. And so, like, I get it because I think, yeah, you know, the guy's a used car salesman, but man, he he wins, you know. He's turned he, whatever he's done. He's he's you know from the from that used car salesman vernacular, he's got that team to buy in. And and he's getting he's getting everything he can, I think, out of uh, every. every I, I say maybe the biggest difference between um, PJ Fleck and and HCSF is Fleck was getting every bit he could, he's squeezing every every bit of talent and ability out of his players, and maybe had less talent or ability. Whereas Scott Frost had maybe on paper better players, but he wasn't maximizing potential because there was not a ton of player development being done uh in lincoln there's a lot of lot of things not being done in lincoln you know uh as far as that goes well but you know you know if if uh fleck is the used car salesman that rule is the preacher all right i mean he's he's even the son of a preacher right and you gotta get that feeling and i from whatever everyone i've talked to that he seems to that rule is very genuine. And so uh, whatever works, man, you know, if like whatever works, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. At this point it's getting uh, uh, results, you know, um, back in the day, years one and two, and maybe even three of the HCSF era, uh, Haas Reuter used to talk about incremental improvement. And then as that was not being shown, he says we need drastic improvement. I actually talked with Haas uh, for about an hour, maybe a little bit more, earlier this week, and, and he's in a, he's in a good spot. Hopes to uh, you know join us, pop in from time to time here, maybe in the off season or in the fall, um, as he's you know into his career now. Uh, but he's you know he he's willing to be patient with Matt Rule. Um, to an extent, obviously, he's like, you know, if, if we come out and we shit the bed and win two games or three games and it's a step backwards, then, you know, we, we have to look at it again, a, a bigger systematic issue. But if six, seven wins, you know, something like that, if there are, if the discipline is better, if, you know, the development is improved, then, yeah, we can, you know, work back towards that incremental improvement. You know, uh, I, I was looking at a couple of comments, and then, uh, one of them talked about, let's say, the Illinois protected our, like, what, Purdue and... Yeah, here we go. James Marshall. Illinois, says, Purdue, Northwestern. And so, and, I, and it kind of sucks, and you're like, man, for them, I mean, those are two, you know, easy games. Right. And particularly Northwestern right now. But... I think as long as Nebraska is getting these more difficult schedules, the reason why is because we bring eyeballs to the television. 
right? Yeah. And so that's why they're going to put us up against USC, UCLA, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, because of the television. And they, because these networks want the best matchups they can. And, you know, we're going to get the brunt of it. So, I, and so I guess it's a good thing in a way, but man, we really need wins. <laughs> you know, and, and kind of along that line, like, you know, Fred Sacco said a little bit ago, uh, talking about 2025, he said it's not murderer's row, but. The 2025 season's not awesome. Funny how Ohio State got Illinois and Northwestern for their first two years rotation. Four wins right there for them. Um, and well, which is counter kind of to what I just said, right? I guess. Right. Yeah, and so but that's just my my understanding. Is, yeah, well, we need some help from the schedule, but they all Big Ten also wants to cut some checks, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And and yeah, and to that point, because you know, right or wrong, when you have these media rights and, and, you know, Big Ten Network Fox, you know, that conglomerate is shelling out the insane amount of money that they are, like they can, right or wrong, whether it's actually happening or whether it's just implied, they can say, you know what, I think USC Michigan on a Saturday night sounds pretty interesting. I think Ohio State, you know, like they... Again, I don't, I don't know for sure that it's happening, but I wouldn't be surprised because when there's that much money involved, you can. All right. Oh, oh, you want this money? Well, we want these matchups. Yeah. And and Joel Tilson's kind of uh, in in agreement with with you know you was your idea first, but he says ratings will go through the roof next year. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I also don't understand how. I, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but you're, you have UCLA, USC on the West Coast. If they have a conference game at, you know, Penn State. Or Rutgers. Or Rutgers or Maryland. That's, and it's an 11 o'clock. That's 8 o'clock in the morning for these guys. Think about that. Like, just again, geographically speaking, none of this makes any sense. But. Well, we're also called the Big Ten, and we have 16 teams. So Right, you know, right. Well, you know, we're – Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. It might suck. It might hurt the programs, USC and UCLA, to have to come – I guess it's they, they, they say it's usually what, easier to come east than it is to go west as far as um, – yeah, I, uh, I think to an extent because, again, if you're Ohio State and you're used to playing at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning central or noon, you know, noon kickoff, and uh, you know now you're playing at seven o'clock at night, or what? What is you know ten o'clock for you for your body normally? That you're right because oh. there's that that anxiety of sitting around all day waiting for kickoff. Or well, I guess the other side of the coin is if you have a let's see, never mind. Yeah, so if it's a seven, no, you, you'll get that. I bet we'll get that late primetime matchup like the nine o'clock matchup right like the you know big pack 12 yeah. after dark type of thing right so you know so that that might help the team the U, U, usc or ucla uh but yeah i don't, I don't know it's interesting yeah i don't and, and again can you can you as a conference dictate okay well when you're playing a conference game the latest kickoff that you're going to have at home is going to be that Two thirty, three o'clock Central Time. I mean, you just can't. Well, they're, they're trying to do that with 
uh, not allowing these night games for, you know, past the first week in November. Right. That's kind of, you know, the, the, the networks, wasn't that, you know, Kevin Warren essentially said, oh, yeah, we'll make it happen without having the power to do so, you know. So I, I saw a tweet earlier today that uh, I, I retweet that. I might have. But, um, yeah, here it is. Some, it's from Dustin Schutte. Said some of my favorite Big Ten rivalries that are not protected, and one of them is Nebraska versus Kevin Warren. <laughs> yeah, that one's over. Um, you know, James Marshall makes a good point. USC at Lincoln on a chilly Saturday night could be captivating. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, let's not. You know, it, it snows in Washington. You know, I guess sometimes, maybe I don't know. I've only been in Washington in July. It didn't snow there, thank God. Uh, and and then Joel says, uh, West Coast teams always find a way to get used to the East Coast. Yeah, that'd be true. Fred with a, a, an interesting one here. No divisions hurts us because it's going to be like pods and groups, things like that. He says, sad how we pissed away the last decade for the most part in the weakest division in Power 5. That's a pretty true statement. Well, it's not as weak as the NL division or the NL Central. But, you know, no, you don't pay attention to your, your Cardinals. No, okay, I do. So. that's why I'm just grinning and not responding. <laughs> Cause if I didn't know, I'd be like, what you talking about there, Nate? Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, I definitely say we have pissed away the past decade for sure. Yep. Um, and Joel is not off the mark again. I don't, I don't, he, Joel says, uh, I see 2014 playoffs in the future, which will be big bucks for all. I think the only downside to that, and I don't know, you'd almost have to get started the week, excuse me, the week after conference championship games. You would have to probably start the season early. I mean, in the middle of the summer, almost like it's you'd be, you almost be getting to the point where teams that are uh, making it to like the national championship team, you know, teams almost at that rate would be playing more games than the NFL. Give or take. I mean, oh, yeah, well, if we're still don't, at 12. Don't, don't do the math. We're at 13. You know, a conference champions at, at 13. Uh, NFL, you know, they don't have a conference champion, so they're 17. No. You know, if they're that good by week, then they only have, you know, the, uh, you know, shut up. All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Joel says December madness instead of March madness. It would be, I, I you know, I, if football's not basketball, you know, and and I just think that they're still going to need time to recover the body in that regard. So, <laughs> uh, all right, we got to highlight this because yeah, you reacted to. I wasn't going to sell it, but since you did, uh, the last place Cardinals are the only National League Central team with a positive run differential. That is something to hang your hat on. So, yeah. Um, all right. A couple of comments here about the uh, SEC. Fred says 2014 playoff, and they'd still skew it to, to get over, uh, to get half a dozen SEC teams into it by front loading preseason top 25 ratings. I don't disagree. That's why the SEC is where it is because the ESPN has a direct uh, financial interest. And uh, Wade said this earlier in the show. 
why do we play nine and SEC only eight uh, play eight conference games? Because, because nobody in the SEC, and, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but nobody in the SEC wants to man up play that ninth game. Uh, and they don't have to, right? Yeah. Uh, as long as they're p- pumping out the most NFL draft picks, and as long as they're still getting two in the, the playoff, you know, it's like, why should they? I, I think it's, it's unless the committee or whoever's going to say, hey, we're going to look at strength of schedule. And then, but SEC still might say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we play eight SEC games, you know. Yeah. Unless something happens, my thought was that these networks might be like, no, 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 no. If you want to get some extra money, then you need, we need another week of SEC football, right? right. And, and so maybe that's what it'll take, you know? Yeah. And so, so until somebody forces them to, I guess, I, I think it's going to happen. I, I think they voted on it and it was like three fourths of the league said no. Right, right. I remember I was going to say the same thing. They they had a recent, um, again, athletic directors, I think, who, who made that vote. And, yeah, only three teams, I think, said, oh, we'll play a ninth game. So, um, and, and one of them was Georgia. I want to say maybe Florida and Vandy. I don't know. Like, uh, what, Texas what? A&M, uh, Georgia, LSU, and, like, maybe. And I, I know it was in Alabama. Maybe Auburn, um, and I, like whatever we got it. And I, I, I keep going back to this reference because I have it committed to memory. But whatever we have to do to not have Alabama tune up for the Iron Bowl by playing Mercer or Citadel the week before, it's like, come on. Mm-hmm. I agree. Who, who are you kidding? It's like, All what right. are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to our next topic and and, and away from uh, schedules. Uh, Fred asks, as Fred always asks, important stuff. What's Greg drinking? A bottle of John's Tears. Uh, Fred is having uh, Dan the Wiser Kolsch from Kincader. And I am drinking something from Maine. Nate and Fred and everybody else. It is uh, Allagash. Allagash, I don't know. Uh, white. It is a Belgian-style wheat beer. think, I mean, it's very similar to um, uh, a Blue Moon. But maybe just a hint, uh, more more bitter, but not not in a put off way. Uh, but it is five point two percent ABV, brewed and bottled by Allagash Brewing Company in Portland, Maine. Maine, Maine. I'm drinking spark sparkling ice, cherry lime. Cherry lime. Yeah. Cherry lime is good. Um, I think black raspberry is better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I um the mango orange mango is my favorite. So you're insane. Um Ralph with the good one here. Last UCLA UCLA game, uh December 26, 2015. Nebraska 37, UCLA 29. Remember the game well, and it wasn't that close. Uh and I'll never forget that game because that's the first game I watched with my son. I mean, he was a few days old and probably sleeping, but it was on my little iPad mini in the uh, NICU there, but that was a that was a good one. That was a fun one to watch. So, um, with all that being said, Nate, yep. we got this comment here, and uh, I'm gonna do the comment. I'm I'm trying something new. Again, this is new streaming uh, platform that we're using. Streamyard. Tell us what you think about it. I know John likes it because he got it for free for a year. 
but uh, uh, Terrell Farley's taint says, how about the Buford commit? 2025 schedule is brutal, and we, we d- discussed that. But, yeah, let, let's see. Oh, share, that is not what I would. Never mind. All right. Apparently, I'm not going to do what I thought I was going to do, but I do have this image to show. There he is. Mario, or Mario Buford, uh, a four-star commit out of uh, DeSoto, Texas, cornerback. And he made the announcement uh, just earlier tonight via Instagram. And, uh, and you know, it, I don't know if cornerback's where we need the most help, but we'll take any help we can get, right? Yeah, and I, I find it interesting that um, he, he has a brother that currently plays for Nebraska, Marquise Buford. Mm-hmm. And so there must be something that Rule and his staff must be doing something right that, you know, because Marquise came here in Frost, right? And yes. so, uh, you know, you, you, sometimes with that coaching change, you'll you'll hit you know you'll, you'll hear that you know you don't like the new assistant coach or the new position coach, and obviously, Marquise is you know impressed enough that hey, I'm sure he told his brother, come on down, right? And so he's out of Texas, which is. Uh, might turn into our bread and butter, our bread and butter, you know, going forward with Rule and his experience there. But uh, he's, I think I saw Mario's 27th ranked player in the state, maybe, or is that, yeah, and like the 54th or no, 84th in the country or something like that. So, I mean, he's a good player. So, I mean, you know, do we need defensive backs? I, I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, I, I haven't really check that out or not like yep. if you, you can't have too many good players i guess no no you know it, get get all the uh i suppose quality athletes you can i didn't even put together that it was <laughs> uh uh the younger brother of of uh uh the current Buford that we have uh on the squad it just right over my head but you're right it whenever there's a coaching transition i think it's a nice vote of confidence uh for the rest of the players, other recruits that like, you know, Marquise Buford's been here for a few years now, very comfortable in, in, and said, Hey, you know, come, come to Lincoln. Maybe, maybe we're going to be seeing some, seeing some good stuff. Uh, That is jumping up. Uh, Uh, Well, see our defensive backs coach, Evan Cooper, supposedly he's an all-star. And so um, he, you know, that people have said, you know, it'd be nice to keep him around as long as possible, but we, he's probably going to get a better job at some point. So, yeah. um, let's keep it up. And Fred makes a good point in the three-three-five defense. More defensive backs won't hurt. So, yep. going to need a lot of fresh bodies uh, in that one. So, now I'm putting this one up there. This is a statement, and Joel sounds very confident in it. Uh, I haven't heard. I haven't seen if that's actually the case, but that is not the right one. Uh, Iowa is the first game in 2024. I can't imagine they'd bump that off of Black Friday. I I think that when they – Joel, maybe you know better than me, but I think when they published – they just went by home games or home games and away games. It's not actually like the order, right, I think? Maybe yeah, I, I mean, as I'm looking for it, it it's in uh, 
they have the away games. You know, it's in alphabetical order. Okay. Because, like, like, for example, 2025, it says the away games are Maryland, Minnesota, Ohio State, USC. Um, you know, the, the home games in 2024 are Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. So I think it's more uh, – Joel, you scared me. <laughs> um, but I think it's more uh, alphabetical order than actually where they line up in the schedule. And, and thank you again, Nate, for closing your shower curtain. Well, um, you're welcome. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I do. Why are we play- – I don't like playing a Big Ten team the first game of the year. I just don't. Like, you know, maybe I just have PTSD from uh, the Northwestern game last year. Yeah. You know, but like, why are we playing Minnesota game one, right? Somebody obviously agreed to that, and maybe it's, again, for – television reasons but i just you know i guess if you could go back and do it and like if you knew that well here's matt rules first year you probably don't you try to get out of that game right and try to move it but i i think i think once it's set it's set you know i, oh, you know, I know that but i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. if you could look into the future when you were setting it so right um all right so that is that covers our first two topics. And I guess real quick, because it, it says in the in the title of the show, Nebraska's rivals are committed on a trip to Hollywood. It's worth noting that uh, uh, one time, one year, uh, Nebraska men's basketball player and uh, Nebraska native Sam Geisel? Geisel? Some, oh, geez. Sammy G. Sammy G. Yeah. Uh, it was in a movie, and I think is trying to make Hollywood his home. Well, good for him. <laughs> I wish we had one more year of him on the basketball floor. But... Yeah. Greasel, right? Sure. I, yeah. I like Sammy G. I like having really tall point guards. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, uh, Keisei Tominaga coming back? I think that's a really big deal. I think that uh, Nebraska got, I mean, they, I think if they're not at least on the bubble next year for the NCAA tournament, I think it's a disappointing, disappointing year. I think they're up, uh, Bryce Williams, I'm really excited to watch him play. Uh, so I, but, you know, t- uh, Tominaga, I think the last nine games of the year, uh, averaged like 20 points a game. Yeah. And we easily could have gone eight and one, like the in the last nine games. And so it's like, I think Hoiberg is figuring this thing out. Mm-hmm. In fact, I still pinch myself when I'm like, man, we have Fred Hoiberg as our head men's basketball coach. And I know he has not been, the record has not indicated and that it's he's done a great job. I think he's willing to actually swallow his pride because I think he really wants to win here and because I promise you he could take a check and then go coach in the NBA I'm, I'm pretty sure and so uh that I'm excited for Tominaga he's fun to watch uh but I think now the expectations for next this next upcoming year is much higher than, than I think people realize I'll say this in in regular Chatterfields no uh, I've said this before. 
the difference between Fred Hoiberg and HCSF was one of them is adapting his coaching style and the game plan that he's putting out there. Uh, when Hoiberg first came in, it was a whole lot of, uh, you know, like let's transfer portal, let's flip the, the roster and, and a lot of good players, but not a great team. And I feel like, you know, even with the, the loss of like Bryce McGowan's, uh, the, the overall team is better. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those uh, uh, addition through subtraction types of situations. So I'm excited uh, for for you know Fred Hoiberg going forward. So I'm nervous. I think the loss of Derek Walker is going to be huge. Yeah, they essentially ran the offense through him. He's a great passer, and his ability to finish around the rim is. I'm like, he just keeps on making them. Right, it's like he never missed. And so they're going to have to figure out another way to score, um, but. Uh, I have faith in Hoiberg. Well, let's turn our attention now. Again, it's the off season, so hopefully, you know, you've had about forty minutes, uh, uh, viewers, listeners. You've had about forty minutes of of modern Nebraska athletic relative conversation. We're gonna go in a different direction. We're going to Hollywood, and that is. With it being the off season, I said to Nate, I said, Nate, compile a list of your favorite. Maybe give me a, I don't know, top five. Fred, that's enough. Shame on you, sir. Uh, <laughs> give us a, uh, g- give me your top five uh, sports movie like moments. Um, and it okay. and, and we, at least that's the, hopefully that's how you interpret it the first time around. I thought you said climaxes, like the climax. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. The competitive element on on the field, on the court, what on the ice, if it may be. Uh, so I'm gonna let you start with your number five, Nate. What? We're not gonna do honorable mentions, or we do that before the number one. We do that before number one. Uh, I, I have five honorable mentions, by the way. Okay, so I, I was I, ready to I, go. Okay, here we go. Uh, number five. Okay. So how are we going to, okay. The number five is the fighter. Uh, yep, there that's you go. convenient. That's the one that I put up accidentally previously. Yeah. And so, uh, obviously spoiler alert and all that, but, um, I guess the final moment that, I mean, I guess the climax of, of the, uh, movie is obviously the last fight. Like it is in most boxing movies. And uh, it's Dick Uckland. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. But anyways, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character, uh, and I'm blanking on it, um, which is obviously not the one in front of you, but uh, he is kind of, it was kind of a washed up kind of, but kind of figuring out his boxing and all that. And he's competing for a championship and his coaches have, the this plan and he wasn't following the plan and he's just getting the crap beat out of him um through the first i think three or no five rounds maybe six rounds and what his coaches didn't know was that his brother who's in prison or jail at the time for drugs who was a former great boxer their local great boxer was telling him to go body head body head and getting and laying the his opponent punched himself out and 
as they're essentially about ready to throw the fight out because Mark Wahlberg's character was wasn't uh, punching back. And all of a sudden he got body head and then boom, he was down. And that was the, mm. you know, so it was um, first time I saw it, I was like, holy, you know, it was pretty fun. Like, uh, uh, I like boxing movies. And so, uh, so that, that was probably my number five. My number five, it, and this is going to be the only one I think on my list that, that could include a spoiler. Uh, but it was from, Last week's episode, the uh, series finale for all uh, intents and purposes. What? The Ted Lasso? Yeah. No, I don't want to hear it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'm not gonna... I'll, give you, I'll give you one no. minute. <laughs> no, back. no, I'm I'm not going to spoil it. I, I've, okay. I, I've done this enough. I've been around enough to know how to uh, discuss things without spoiling. Now, if I put a picture up that is not uh, from the pitch... Will you accept that? Sure, it's fine. Okay, here we go. Uh, so it is the uh, series or, or season three finale of Ted Lasso. Does that spoil anything for you? Uh, not yet, no. I okay. No. Uh, so that's what is, and it's actually was the, the genesis of this entire uh, topic because I was thinking, I'm like, I, I don't know, I just, it brought up a lot of, you know, the uh, uh, the ending. And again, Nate, you don't have to walk away. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. But it's, it's like watching other sports movies where you're you're cheering and, and then you're recoiling. Uh, so um, without I'm not come back, Nate, I'm not spoiling anything. Oh, Nate's getting up to get a drink. Um, uh, and Fred says. Fred says the Ted Lasso finale was decent. I don't understand or care about soccer, but it was cool. So I enjoyed the show quite a bit. Um, I think the third season was better than the, uh, the second season, but nothing tops the first season. Yeah. Um, so, all right. That's all I'm going to say, Nate. Okay. What's your number four? Number four. Uh, miracle, I guess. I don't know. That's That's uh, my number four. Yeah, it's uh, uh, everyone knows what happens, right? You know, yeah. Nineteen eighty uh, uh, Winter Olympics, Lake Placid, New York. Yep. And so I guess just you know, do you believe in miracles? You know, the uh, the the part where things started to get louder and louder, and the the, the their teammates are like pounding because they're all getting excited, and then right, they finally win and. Uh, but my one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when they're running lines or skating lines or whatever. Yep. What are you gonna call it? The legs feed the wolf. And they just kept going back and like, who do you play for? And we'll say Ohio State, Wisconsin, whatever. Minnesota. They keep going back and forth. Boston. And yeah, probably yeah, mostly yeah, Boston, Minnesota, right? And Ohio then State. finally he goes, I play for the USA and I'm like that's pretty corny, but I like it. No, it's good. And and, and I like that uh as because I, I, I was rewatching uh, a lot of these, um, but it, they blend in Al Michaels from you know, like basically doing his own play by play, you know, from the movie, but they blend that in with the original play by play from 1980. And I thought that it was, uh, uh, you know, I just thought it was, it was well blended. So, um, so that was your four. 
That was my four as well. So you're on to number three. Uh, Moneyball. Uh, just the scene of Brad Pitt. He's uh, lifting weights by himself because he never watches the game. And um, Chris Pratt's character comes in, you know, uh, essentially hits the uh, game-winning home run for them to win, was it the 26th game in a row or something? But Brad Pitt is, you know, as I say, is lifting and all – must have had it, you know, the sound barely on it. And Chris Pratt hits the ball and right, you know, the ball off the bat. And then Brad Pitt's head pops up. And, you know, then there's the music and all that. So that's, that's my number three. My number three is a little movie from 1976. I'm wondering if it's uh, on your list anywhere. Um, and it's, it, I think what, what makes so many of these movies uh meaningful or special in, in look it's not just you know the ones that we're talking about it's it's a lot of the growing up as a kid you know like in the 90s we it was like the golden age of kids sports movies because you had rookie of the year you had little big league you had little giants and it's all about underdogs right uh and the ultimate underdog was this fella right here rocky balboa and and look i i know in Rocky one, he doesn't win the fight, but he did something that nobody ever did. He stood in there toe to toe with the champ and it had to come down to a decision that obviously, you know, spoiler alert for a movie that's almost 50 years old. Apollo Creed wins that uh, decision, but I don't know. Just, I, I rewatched the movie here recently and, and just the anticipation that is built uh, because you don't expect this you know kid this, this this fighter from philly to to stand a chance and he just he he's relentless and he just he he gets knocked down but he doesn't stay down uh you know it, it's rocky rocky one is in is my number three it's in my top five i like rocky four as a movie better but i think you know it, it's got to start somewhere was rocky four the one where his kids in it rocky four is the one where he goes against uh ivan drago and it's, you know, that's he, four. He, I thought that was three. Okay, no, that's four. Uh, three is Clubber Lang, Mister T. Well, okay, okay. So if you watch four again, the uh, the workout montage is is pretty hilarious. You know, yeah. You know, they have um, Ivan like these scientists and medical experts, and they're like he's a machine and all that. And then you go, you cut the Rocky, and he's probably hitting a bag or running with weights or whatever it is. And so yeah, I thought it's pretty funny. Terrell Farley's taint says, uh, uh, well, he says Rocky four is uh, so much better than Rocky one because he beats communism in Rocky number four. Okay. And yeah, it's, you know, he's like, uh, he grabs a microphone and he's saying to this Russian, you know, the Soviet audio you know, audience in, into the world is like, if I could change, I'm not going to do a Rocky impression. Uh, <laughs> then you can change. Maybe we all could change, you know, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm waiting for somebody to say Rocky five was the best one in the comments. Cause I'm going to ban them for life. Uh, I, so that's, that's my number three. Uh, what's your number two? Uh, warrior. Oh, okay. Uh, for, for those of the, for, for the uninitiated, uh, tell what warriors about. Warrior is, uh, I would say, called. It's kind of like 
I'm not even really into the UFC, uh, but it's a the pictures here. These are two brothers, right? The one on the right, he's a, a teacher, a public school teacher. The one on the left, he is, I believe, the an Iraq or an Afghanistan war veteran. And there's this huge tournament, like UFC tournament, and they make it. They made it sound like it was the biggest one at the time, and you, you get into it, and then the winner, I mean, wins all, wins a bunch of money, whatever. One side of the bracket, you have the teacher, the older brother. He's very technical, and like he, um, when he, when he does his workouts, he's like listening to the opera, classical music, and it's very. He's more into like submissions and stuff like jujitsu submissions. And then you have his brother who's in the military and he just comes in one or two punches and destroys people. And of course, you know how the movie's going to go is they're going to meet in the, the championship. Right. And you learn through the movie that uh, his little brother uh, uh, essentially ran away from his unit, I think in Iraq and he's dealing with a lot of demons, personal demons with whatever happened in war to him and essentially he wasn't talking to his brother and you know acts like it's like when they meet and they actually fight it's like he doesn't care that he's gonna pound his brother and in the end uh the teacher the older brother has him and i think it's in a uh um trying to think what's essentially if he finishes the submission he's gonna break his arm right an arm an arm bar and He's just begging his brother to tap. Please just tap, man. I don't want to do this. Don't want to do this. And his brother won't tap, and then it breaks his arm, and and then he's and they say he's, he he cries and he apologizes for everything, and then they kind of help each other off the uh, the the mat and everything. So it's a, it's really powerful. Like uh, you know, it's I when we made this list, I'm like I want to watch that tonight. But that <laughs> Uh, excellent, excellent, and uh, Nick Nolte's really good in that movie as well. Yes. Um, so my numero dos, uh, for all of you in Espanol, uh, is and I think I don't know if I don't know if this is gonna steal thunder from your number one, but I, my number two is D2, the Mighty Ducks, when they go up against Iceland and they're in uh. Uh, a shootout for uh, uh and again it's the 90s uh d2 the mighty ducks came out in 94 um nice just a, a magical time for like i said kids sports movies but they're up again it, it's it's basically a youthful telling of you know the, the 1980 olympics you have this unstoppable juggernaut that happens to be from iceland instead of russia and you have this ragtag group of a lot of Minnesota kids, but also from around, you know, the rest of the country. And, uh, and they're all, they're all, they're going to battle for uh, the championship of the junior goodwill games and Hendricks hockey. And, uh, you know, so, so that comes down to a shootout and, uh, coach Gordon Bombay goes to the bench and pulls in the cold goalie, Julie, the cat Gaffney from Bangor, Maine. Yes. I remember a lot of this, uh, I've seen this movie a lot in my life <laughs> and uh, to, to stop the tournament's top score, Gunnar Stahl from Iceland, the, the captain. And uh, uh, he gives her a little coach, coach uh, advice. He said, uh, 
uh, I know his move. It's a triple deke glove side. And she says, well, what if he goes stick side? And Bombay says, he's fancy. He'll go glove. And, you know, there's way too much drama in this after the, the puck is, is uh, <coughs> you know, hit off the stick. And, and like, far more drama than whatever existed in an actual hockey game because, like, she takes, a, you know, you, all you hear is the sound of the the slap shot, and uh, she she does it go in the net? Does it go in the glove? You don't know. Uh, and and then she takes a few, you know, skates out a little bit from the the crease and drops the puck on the ice and celebration and pandemonium and uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a I I practice. I don't say grew up on that movie, but like I said. Came out in '94. From '94 to '97, I probably watched that movie a dozen times. I don't know if that's good, bad, somewhere between, but I, I'm owning it. I like it. All right. So before we get to our number ones, um, we have to uh, get to some of the uh, comments here, and then we'll get to our honorable mentions. Um, let's see. Terrell Farley's taint says, if neither of you acknowledge the Jamaican bobsled team's first clean run where Sanka doesn't break the egg, I'll quit. Uh, he said running in, but he meant tuning in uh, forever. And, uh, you know, I've never seen cool runnings. I never have. You know, oh. I just, um, I'm not I think sure you why. just lost some credibility with. Uh, I know. I'm Terrell sorry. Uh, I would like to see. You know what? And we're on this subject. You want a movie I watched for the first time? This week, and now I'm. Uh, oh, come on! I hate uh, when it's the all-female baseball league. Uh, league of their own. Yeah, league of their own. I've never seen that. So, you watched that for the first time? I've never seen it. Yeah, that movie's over thirty years old. I'm pretty sure. I know it's Tom. This is before Tom Hanks was like the Fourth A-list actor. Yeah, yeah. And so he I was, still it, on it his was way fine. up. Ugh. It was fine. You said it was fine. It's good. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, I, ex- I knew that line, and I expected it. I don't know. I'm just watching. Didn't it. have the context for it. Yeah, I, I thought it seemed like kind of a throwaway line, but obviously it was one of the bigger. Ones yeah. Today. Anyway, sorry about that. You're you're fine. You're fine. Um. Oh, hold on. <laughs> That's not fair. That. <laughs> what? <laughs> Darrell Farley State says, "Is Nate actually Brian Ferentz? No." I uh, wish I, yes. I wish yes. I am. I uh, I would like that paycheck, and I'd love to be the leader of that offense. Uh, and I'd love to have my dad there to pat me on the butt and say everything's okay when things aren't. So yes, when Rome is burning around you. Yeah, that's a that that might be the harshest thing that anybody's ever said in the comments. I know. <laughs> um. Fred says, uh, can't remember specific climaxes, but I'd go with Rocky one, Brian song, eight men out, Rudy, even though fuck Notre Dame and miracle. I've so. never heard of eight men out. Brian song. Doesn't he just die in the end? Or is, is that what? Yeah, but come on. Scale Sayers, man. Omaha native. Or it's it, Gail, Gail Sayers is portrayed. Oh, right? that's right. Okay. Yep. So you're right. No, but isn't, the other, because there's like two of them, right? Brian. Yeah, it, it, James Conn plays Brian, okay. right. but I can't remember Brian's last name. Okay. I don't think he had a very long career. God, that's horrible. I'm going to hell for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, 
Terrell Farley's Tane says uh, angels in the outfield when he adopts the kids uh, is the best. That's a great one. Um, Fred says minor league wild thing through the ball. Like many, a former Husker QB never knew where it'd go. <laughs> Not wrong. Sad, but true. Uh, Terrell Farley's Tane says D2 is the best of the mighty ducks franchise for sure. I don't disagree for it or uh, Terrell uh, TFT. I'm going to start calling you TFT for short. I don't disagree. Um, I think D2 is top notch uh, as far as that franchise. And then TFT says, uh, cool runnings has to be number one on both lists, right? Well, we're not going to get to that number one yet. Nate, you had a couple of honorable mentions, and I, like I said, have five. Um, so I just had three, and mine were the two Mighty Ducks movies. Because uh, I think, is it the first one? They go quack, quack, quack. Is that the first one? Is that the second one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they kind of do it in all of them, but yeah, it's just establishing the first one. Uh, in the D2, I, I do remember how like pumped I was when they what, they had the USA jerseys and then they took them off and they put on the duck. Oh, that was pretty sweet. That, that second intermission scene where, uh, um, you know, they're, they're saying, uh, you know, coach Bombay is like, uh, Gort, uh you know, they, he, he says, Averman, where are you from? Min- Minneapolis, Minnesota. Where are you from? You know, he's just going down and they do the whole list. And he's like, and I'm Gordon Bombay, Minneapolis or St. Paul, Minnesota, whatever it was. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because we're all, you know, ducks fly together. Uh, so we're, we feel, you know, I, I, I've never felt bad for Fred, but he says never seen Mighty Ducks movie and he's glad. So I don't know. Give it a shot. Fred, it's okay. It's okay to be a kid again. So, so my other honorable mention was then Rudy. Yep. Which is, uh, I love that growing up. Just the whole Rudy, Rudy, you know, the idea of the whole stadium doing that, and uh, it, but it's it's really corny. And a lot of these sports movies, if you look at it objectively, sure. is like that. They were extremely corny, but I, I, so I also throw that out there for honorable mention. Which I'm going to the, I'm running in a race, in about a month at the Notre Dame Stadium. So really. We'll have fun. Yep. Win the race. No, I won't. But fight a good fight. Yes, I will. Won, won the race. Uh, so my honorable mentions are uh, from 1986 Hoosiers. You know, you got the small rural kids uh, going in there. You know, the first thing they do when they get to the big arena is they they drop the uh, tape measure from the rim. So you can say, hey, look, same height as, as you know, back home. Uh, 1989's Major League. 2000 is the replacements and hear me out gene hackman keanu reeves um but you got the you got the scab players if you will the the players that nobody wanted going up against the team that's fully back professional i don't know it there's just something about it it's um and it's got a good soundtrack uh i think yeah as i mentioned from 2000 another one from 2000 but it's a period piece and i can't believe it's not on your list remember the titans it's a uh, remember the Titans. I I watched that with my son probably about a month ago. Yeah, he, he like he really liked it. I I loved it when it came out. Uh, I was just, when I was talking about thinking about climaxes at the end. 
Uh, I just didn't think it was the climax was as great. I guess I don't know. Uh, we, you know, we gotta stop using the word climax because our comments. Oh, I know they like know. it though. I think. <laughs> Who doesn't? Never mind. I'm not gonna. Yeah, like, and then my last uh, honorable mention is from 1999. It's another uh, fo- high school football movie, and it is Varsity Blues. What's the climax though? Where he? Climax. Never mind. Sorry, we're sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the climax is they they win the division uh, title without the coach. They kicked him out at halftime. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And again, okay. because it, it's an empty movie. MTV, MTV, MTV movie from the late '90s, so it has a pretty good soundtrack. Uh, you know, Foo Fighters, "My Hero" comes to mind quite a bit. Um, so, uh, a couple more uh, highlights here uh, are in the comments. Uh, TFT says nobody's going to mention Sandlot. I, I, I for me, the, the the climax of Sandlot's not on the field. It's you know, defeating the beast and, and, you know, getting the ball back. And then, and then, uh, you know, they f- jump forward in time. Uh, and then Fred says any given Sunday, so can't be, but a wild, ridiculous movie. Yeah. When somebody's getting their eye gouged out and it's on the, <laughs> the turf, that, that one stays with me. Um, you know, the, I think any given Sunday, the, that's the best speech, best coaches speech, like pregame speech, in sports history, or movie Inter- history. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Well, we're here to it now. What's your number one? My number one is Cinderella Man. And so uh, it's based off of a true story. James Braddock is another boxer, you know, but it's during uh, the Great Depression. And he was a kind of a has been essentially had to get back into fighting uh, in order to to feed his family. There's a scene in that movie that uh, like, you know, who, who, you know, yeah. You know, who are you fighting for or what are you fighting for? And he's like, you know, to put bread on the table or to feed my family. And the scene that always got me towards the end before the last big fight is his wife who just can't watch him. Like they were, they were afraid that he was going to get killed in the ring. And uh, she goes to their local Catholic church and she's like, there's the priest there. And he said, uh, or she's like, I'm here to pray for James or Jimmy. And then then the scene turns and there's all the priest goes, everyone here is, you know, to pray here to pray for Jimmy. And so that was the really cool scene as far as like how important that was to them. Yep. And then uh, this, then the actual fight at the end, uh, you don't know who won, right? And it comes down to the decision, and then they go, uh, it's unanimous, the new, you know, uh, heavyweight champion or whatever, and then the crowd just goes nuts. You don't even get to hear him say his name. And uh, so that's my number one, Cinderella. Nice. Very nice. Um, while, while you were talking about that, we did have uh, – uh, Someone in the comments said that, uh, uh, yeah, Joel Tilson said Cinderella Man is a great movie. Um, Fred says, forgot about Cinderella Man. Really good. Still prefer Raging Bull just a bit more. Uh, yeah, Joel Tilson says, we love you, Jimmy. Cinderella Man there. Um, James Boardman 
It said the natural. Natural's great too, you know. I'm, I don't know if I've seen that one. So Robert Redford, you, you trust me, you know it. I'll give you my Prime Video password because I own it uh, digitally, and you can you can watch that. Um, don't get carried away buying anything. I I know where you live. Um, TFT says Friday Night Lights. Anyone? Friday Night Lights is good. The only downside with Friday Night Lights is that it 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 doesn't get the team all the way. I mean, the the I'm gonna probably I've read the book. I've seen the movie Permian Panthers or something like that. Uh, you know, West Texas. Uh, oil country um they're already a powerhouse so it it doesn't have that like underdog come from behind uh quality don't even start fred um but they also lose if i remember correctly the the game so um the championship and then somebody mentioned the rookie which i believe dennis quaid which is really good uh no no. no. Okay, sorry. Is that because it's a Disney movie? No, I I, uh, I just oh, I'm not a big Dennis Quaid fan. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, um, TFT says the Big Green <laughs> while about a dog shit sport is a great movie. Again, one of those '90s kids uh, uh, sports movies. Um, Fred says, kind of surprised no one mentioned Field of Dreams, custom designed to get the feels. Um, and, and yeah, blue chip, uh, you know, the program a lot, there's uh, a lot of them, um, Nate, or I'm uh, sorry, uh, TFT says Nate doesn't watch cool runnings and runs for fun. It's all making sense now. I don't know <laughs> if you caught that one earlier <laughs> and I'll watch uh, it. I promise you, you oh. better. Uh, it's on Disney plus, I believe. I don't know if you have the, that streaming service. You have children, so I assume you do. Uh, and then Fred uh, says, Greg has climaxed more tonight than our former head coach after an accidental win. Pump the brakes, okay? <laughs> uh, but I'm going out of town this weekend with my, my wife, so yeah, you know, just, I'm, I'm not saying. All right, so we've got your five and your honorable mentions. We've got four of mine and my honorable mentions. You uh, took a little piss out of mine. Uh, my number one because because uh, it was one of your honorable mentions. But my number one is Rudy, and I know people will say, "Oh, Notre Dame, uh, no, Rudy." For whatever reason, it's my favorite movie of all time, and I'm a huge nerd. Uh, so like you think, like, "Oh, the Avengers or the Dark Knight or something like that." For whatever reason, I always come back to Rudy. Um, it's I mean I, I don't need to tell a story. You know I know yes. It, some of it was fictionalized. He didn't have that antagonistic brother, but he was carried off the field. Uh, you know, so didn't right or wrong. Die, didn't he die like soon afterwards? No, he was like a motivational or, speaker. Or did he? Or was he an alcoholic or something? I, I thought. Uh, like he could. No. I don't know. Did Rudy um, die? He's seventy-four years old. Never, I thought I heard that. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Rudy. He's been married to Cheryl since 1996, according to Google. So, yeah. Um, like, you know, the, I don't know, just the whole, the whole drama around it, you know, was, there's actually a fun uh, video I watched on YouTube a few nights ago, uh, or maybe a week ago. It's been now, I don't know. Um, and it's on Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, YouTube channel. 
and it's they tell like you know get former teammates and whatnot of Rudy telling the story. He's like, you know that scene where everybody's going in and laying their jersey on uh, Dan Devine's uh, desk, saying I I want him to have my spot, Coach. He, they're like, I worked too damn hard for that jersey. I'm not giving it up. <laughs> giving it up. So, um, but uh, uh, yeah. So I know. It just for whatever reason, I think it'll always capture, you know, capture my, I don't know. I, I could be laying down to start the movie and I'll hit play. And when it gets to, you know, the end, when he's, when he's getting ready for, for, for that game, I'm sitting up and, and sometimes I'll stand up. I don't know. It, it's, ah, I'm dumb. Never mind. Well, this was fun. <laughs> well, the, the, the music, uh, Fred, Shacko, sorry if I mispronounced your last name. The musical score was great. Yeah, I used to have that when we had the the, the first like iPods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to have that uh, soundtrack on there, and then I also had the uh, uh, the coach's speech from uh, Any Given Sunday on there too. Oh yeah, like and it's like oh I you know get pumped up for a workout. I'd listen to either of those. Very good, very good. Well, this is fun, Nate, and uh, hope you had a good time. Thanks for joining me. Just glad my internet worked. Yeah, you were concerned. You're like, I don't know, I get lag and whatnot. I think it's we'll just blame John. He's not here. Uh, and, I'm fine with that. And as always, uh, you, the good Chatterfields, who join us each and every week Thursdays at nine o'clock. We appreciate you. Sorry, I wasn't here last week. I don't know. Uh, for those of you who who don't remember, like last week's nine o'clock show, which is late already, didn't start till about nine twenty because nobody could find me. Uh, I had a six o'clock appointment that honestly I expected to be done by like seven thirty, and I was still there at ten o'clock, but my phone died, so I couldn't even message John and be like, "You're gonna have to start without me." So we appreciate everybody sticking around last week uh, for the uh, for the late edition talk about coordination or five heart after dark uh, um and, and for everybody who who uh, joined us on time uh and under budget today uh we appreciate you greatly we'll see you next week uh i should be here i don't know about nate uh but his if his internet's working who knows nate with cooperative internet is a dangerous man so when's that run in uh, at, at south bend uh it's a spartan race uh, it's July 8th, 7th or 8th, 8th or 9th, the Saturday, whatever that Saturday is. Well, good luck with that. My uh, kids are running in it too, so. I'll have just turned 41 and I'll be trying not to die of a bad knee, bad back, whatever it would be. So, uh, all right. So for, uh, uh, for Nate McHugh, for everybody at Coronation, I'm Greg Mahochko. This has been another episode of the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Nate? Go Cubs go. You take that back. <laughs> go Big Red. Thank you. God damn. This is, you know what? You, you're, you're, you're suspended. I'm never you're allowed back. back. I know that. No, you'll be allowed back. Because I'll be in a pinch sometime. And I'll be like, Nate, what you doing? <laughs>